Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Joshua Shaw audio experience. Firstly, thank you for giving me a bit of your attention. I'm honored you trusted me with it, and I promise to return the favor by giving you a ton of edutainment value back. In my newest podcast episode, I'll analyze the shakeup that's happening to the $13 billion U.S. sports drink market and explain if Gatorade should be nervous about its future. But before we get started, I would love if you took 49 seconds out of your day to leave a rating and review whichever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. This helps me out immensely in terms of extending the reach of my podcast, but more importantly, allows me to make improvements based on your feedback. Thank you again. Now enjoy my newest podcast episode. After decades of Gatorade sports drink market dominance, blurring categorical lines and emerging legitimate competitors have begun to create one of the most intriguing functional CPG spaces to watch in the coming years. And before we jump into that arena, Let's start by talking about the overall dynamics within the U.S. sports drinks market. The overall U.S. market size of sports drinks is just shy of $13 billion, growing around 12% year over year. Increases in total household penetration, average spending per household, purchase frequency, and spends per unit and trip are driving the sales growth. The current market leader is still Gatorade at just around 60% of the categorical share. But there's no shortage of action within these sports drinks, isotonic beverages, electrolyte packets, hydration products, or whatever else people are calling them category. And it's that increasingly difficult task of labeling the functional CPG category that's arguably at the center of this sports drink market shakeup. But it wasn't always this way, though. In fact, the blurring of categorical lines or definitions or function or formats is something that's happened relatively recently. Because Gatorade both invented modern day sports drinks and successfully maintained being the category creator for its first half century. The PepsiCo brand pretty much defined every aspect of the category's rulebook. That doesn't mean Gatorade didn't face challenges throughout its history, but it benefited from my CPG industry theory that most successful products do not arrive out of nowhere, they're remixes of existing ones. Yet, if you want to create something that has a lasting impact on the CPG world, the entire strategic game plan needs to be a combo of new yet familiar. The earliest Gatorade competitors either created remixes that were too closely related to the market leader and people didn't take notice, or they did something too novel and confused the market at that time. But here's the interesting point about that last kind of thing that I just said. With 
the sports drinks category being defined by incremental innovation, it means that too novel strategic game plan of the past eventually becomes more familiar and rewarded by the consumer market. As an example, the biggest threat to Gatorade over the last decade had been body armor. At the peak of its sales in 2022, it reached about one quarter of the size of Gatorade. To simplify how body armor achieved that, I believe it came down to well-timed incremental innovations to the product and sports marketing playbooks at Gatorade. The 2010 saw a rising consumer interest in better for you product differentiation. So body armor beverages containing only natural ingredients, no artificial flavors or artificial dyes, became increasingly desirable to a diverse set of consumer cohorts that started expanding the category into everyday hydration. Additionally, the 2010 saw consumers spend more time on social media platforms and become more involved in celebrity parasocial relationships. So Body Armor deciding to have athlete investors over the typical athlete spokespeople allowed them to leverage the growing microphones and public interest in an athlete's life away from sports. But it was those Body Armor incremental innovation moves that created second and third order effects, thus opening a whole new world of opportunities for competitors. Here's something to think about. Almost all hydration category consumers consider themselves to be living an active lifestyle but almost every hydration category consumer also isn't a professional athlete or competing in some sporting activity on a regular basis. That makes the current high intensity sports marketing not super relatable to their lives. So where body armor took one small step, liquid IV took one giant leap forward in democratizing the hydration category. It was the liquid IV effect that splintered the hydration category even further. The first way saw category democratization move more prominently into a variety of non-sports usage occasions like reactive hydration, AKA hangover cures. Additionally, because the liquid IV effect normalized the ready to mix powder format and consumers continue to pay greater attention to their health and well-being. It has provided huge opportunities for sports nutrition brands like Ghost to incubate hydration powdered supplement platforms that can in the future extend into beverages. And then the final splintering of the hydration category happened because Liquid IV took what Body Armor did with athlete investors and targeted mostly non-sports celebrities and creators. And I argue that was the iteration that led us to Congo brands leaning into the creator economy by making Logan Paul and KSI large equity holders in hands-on business bases of prime. But maybe this is a good time to transition into talking about why all these mentioned and kind of unmentioned second and third order consequences make for a fascinating CPG category to watch. Even though Gatorade is still the clear market leader right now, PepsiCo is accustomed to fending off direct attacks from known competitors. So as crazy as it sounds, Body Armor was scarier to PepsiCo leadership when it was still not fully owned by the Coca-Cola company. And that's probably because those incremental innovations that gave Body Armor a new yet familiar distinctiveness were ideated and implemented before the Coca-Cola acquisition two years ago. Now folded into a business segment with Powerade, PepsiCo knows what Body Armor is going to do almost before the hydration brand does it. And that competitor familiarity preference is likely why PepsiCo leadership also started to kind of let out a small sigh in relief when Keurig Dr. Pepper announced long-term sales and distribution partnership with Electrolyte. 
Since entering the U.S. market in 2014, Electrolyte has grown to become a top five brand in the hydration category, generating more than $400 million in retail sales in 2023 and has increased more than tenfold over the past five years. So there's little doubt in my mind that KDP providing Electrolyte more sales and distribution resources in the U.S. market will be positive for the growth outlook of that hydration brand. But it also is a net positive for PepsiCo because while KDP hasn't been in the sports drink market since exiting its stake in Body Armor five years ago, PepsiCo competes with KDP in almost every other beverage category and is more familiar with that playbook than Electrolyte's Mexican owner, Grupo Pisa. However, what happens when PepsiCo must fend off a rapidly multiplying amount of legitimate indirect attacks from lesser known competitors? We might as well start off with the 800 pound gorilla that I briefly mentioned earlier. The growth of Prime has been rapid and impactful, surpassing Electrolyte in sports drink sales after less than two years in market. In 2023, Prime's dollar sales at tracked channel retail locations will be north of $650 million, and their run rate will likely reach a billion dollars by the end of the year. That would put Prime in very rare air of the billion dollar club that has only been ever reached by Gatorade, Body Armor, and Powerade. Considering its revenue base and rocket ship-like growth rates, you'd be looking at a Body Armor acquisition type numbers, which obviously means the list of CPG acquirers would be very small to non-existent. So to say that traditional category leaders are worried about Prime would be the understatement of the year because it's this lack of acquisition partners that means Prime could go in any number of directions. And who wins in a fight, the smart one or the crazy one? While the team at Congo Brands has been thus far crazy and not followed much of the sports drink category playbooks yet, Prime's next phase of growth might cause them to make misguided, smart strategic changes, or at least that's what traditional category leaders are hoping for. PepsiCo and the Coca-Cola company would love for Prime to invest more in traditional marketing to make them more omnipresent. Also, PepsiCo and Coca-Cola company would love Prime to invest in the same vertically integrated assets to move water around more efficiently. These are the types of battles that traditional category leaders understand how to fight. Now, if Prime decides to continue paving its own path and grow from savvy, creative business strategies, PepsiCo and the Coca-Cola company will be relegated to hoping either the brand implodes from overly crazy market moves or the trendy clout-seeking portion of the market shifts into the next big thing. Another indirect attack from relatively unknown competitors is coming from sports nutrition brands like Ghost that can incubate hydration powdered supplement platforms, which can then be extended into beverage formats. And I know that transition, plus my well-chronicled bullishness on the brand, is going to make you think I'm suggesting that the next hot status symbol beverage for kids will be Ghost Hydration's beverage. But that's not really the point I'm trying to make here. Do I think the Ghost Hydration beverage is going to be successful? Yes, I'm hard-pressed to see scenarios where the hydration beverage extension can't reach nine figures in retail sales over the next like two to three years. Do I think the Ghost licensed flavor partnerships like Sour Patch Kids will be attractive to younger consumers? Yes, that's really a clown question, bro. Regardless, the point I'm trying to make here is that I've always believed the best and the brightest of sports nutrition brands could compete against any large CPG incumbent 
when it comes to functional food and beverage. Even if they won't ever admit it publicly, large sports drink brand incumbents like Gatorade should be worried about the often imitated, never duplicated, influential epicenter of the CPG industry, sports nutrition. Why? They just need to look towards what's happening in the energy drinks market. While the changing of the guard is still years behind the energy drinks market, there's a strong list of powdered supplement hydration platforms that could be taking market share over the final part of the 2020. And then the final indirect attack from relatively unknown competitors could be grouped into something that I'm dubbing tropical activity beverages. The tropical part comes from emerging sports drink brands like Barcode and Coco5 focusing on coconut water. And then the bridge between tropical and activity would be a beverage brand that I don't think usually comes to mind in the evolving functional hydration space, Vitacoco. If you remember from earlier content, I even suggested Celsius should acquire the Vitacoco company because it would give them exposure to the important beverage category. And then the activity beverage part comes from brands like Local Weather utilizing a casualization strategy and hoist that's positioned like a sports drink, but more towards the intersection of fitness and general preparedness. But I just wanna end with some quick final thoughts. While the bulk of this content presented arguments surrounding why Gatorade's market dominance could be at risk because of the rapidly multiplying indirect attacks from relatively unknown competitors. But a wise man gets more use from his enemies than a fool from his friends. Gatorade has been the category leader for 50 plus years because they take advantage of the information competitors give. Gatorade has already been serving a broader aperture of athletes, but they should also focus on building out sub-brands like Propel so they aren't seen as trying to be everything to everyone in today's market. We will see how well Gatorade walks that consumer tightrope, but doesn't this seem like one of the most intriguing functional CPG spaces to watch in the coming years? I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If you have any comments or questions about anything I discussed during it, open the podcast episode notes and click on any of my social media account links to reach out to me directly. 